Again, choir, thank you always for your ministry and this morning and beautiful as, as always. Thank you. Such a gift. Such a gift. And again, uh, it's such a blessing to have our youth before us this day. I don't know about you, but that just, that always lifts my heart when I see our kids up here and, you know, you watch them grow up. Uh, you know, we have seen those same kids coming from, you know, once upon a time up here and now they're way up here and they're going out and, and you're thinking, golly, that's, that's the way it ought to be, you know, growing up in God's grace to the point where they share that grace and the ways that they live into it in mission and, and to experience that together, that is a, that's a tremendous blessing. So I want to celebrate that with you this morning. It's a, it's a gift that God provides, but also we as a church family help provide that. So always I want to thank you uh, for the ways that, that you're part of, of raising up our children in the faith and, and the difference it does make in their lives. You know, this past uh, summer, what we've been doing is going through what we've, the series has been titled Ancestry.God, knock off on Ancestry.com. The whole thought about it all is that when you look back at the, uh, the figures, people in the Bible, you begin to see that they, when you study their stories, you begin to see how their stories are so much like our story. And you begin to see in their lives, we begin to see ourselves. And we begin to see how God is working in the midst of all of that. And so we started out with Adam and then we went on to Abraham and then we went on to, to Moses. And today we're with David and next week we're going to be with Jeremiah. And so as you look at that, you'll say, think in my eye, this, these, are the, these are the big guns. These are the, the major covenants in the Bible uh, that we're touching on as we move through the summer. And how not only does that relationship, which is what covenant is about, the relationship that God is forming with them, we share in that same relationship with God and with God's world. And so today we look at David and we look at the whole notion of the kingdom, not only for David, but also for what can we learn for ourselves. And I want to focus in particularly one verse out of the scripture. There was a lot of verses that Dave read this morning. Reading was, was pretty long, but I want to focus in on verse 11 from chapter 7 in 2 Samuel where God is speaking to Nathan the prophet and God says this, Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. As we begin to look into that phrase and look into that thought, we begin to see how God works in God's kingdom and invites us to be part of that work. And so in that faith, I'm going to invite us to be in prayer as we enter into the word this morning. Let's pray. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for the ways that you are building, you are working, you are moving. And that's how your kingdom comes. It's all about your initiation, but that's not only about you. It's about how you welcome us to be those who would enter into all of that, to be with one another, to be with you in ways that in and through the work of our hands and the, the words of our mouths and the prayers of our hearts, that we would know that your kingdom is coming and your will is being done. And in all of that, we would give you the thanks and the praise through Jesus our Lord, in whose name we're together today and whose name we pray your word will guide us whose name we pray. Amen. 
As I said, I love seeing our kids up here, and they shared some stories. One of my favorite stories that came out of the mission trip uh, was a story where the kids were working inside, and they were uh, putting up sheetrock, and they were texturing, and they were painting. And, and as they did all that with one of the families in particular, um, at the end of the week, um, uh, the mom in the household was able to invite her friends over for coffee. And she hadn't been able to have her friends in the house for like a year. I want you to kind of wrap, start wrapping your head around this. You know, for a year, you can't invite your friends over for coffee in your house. And the youth group comes and they go to work in your house. And at the end of that week, you begin to see you can invite your friends over. You can have coffee together. You begin to enjoy your home again. And, you know, when I, when I hear stories like that, I begin to, you know, see and get a sense. And I think we all begin to see and get a sense of our kids just weren't working on a house. I, I mean, in one way they were, but another way, no, they're working in a home. They're working in places where people live. And, and what, what happens is it's a privilege to go work in somebody's home. I mean, when you, you, know, you think about your home and people coming into your home to do work, I mean, it's a privilege to go work in someone's home. And when you see that, you know, it's, it's made better because of that, you, you sense that the joy in that. There is a, is a joy in making someone's home better, to be able to bring that into their lives. And, and when they begin to... Uh, return the, the, the joy when they kind of invite you and they have, you know, as Adam was saying, they're fixing up all kinds of great things for them to eat and, and sharing back and forth. You begin to see, man, there's a great blessing that's going on here. And as you begin to see how that great blessing moves in and through those who are being served and those who are serving and, and how it draws their lives together, you say, you know what? There's a touch of the kingdom. In those moments... There's a beautiful touch of God's kingdom. That's how life should be. That's how the world should work. Where love comes in and love begins to make that difference. And love brings people together. And love begins to shine and and shine forth. There's a touch of the kingdom. You know, I look at what our kids did as they went down to Rockport. I celebrate that with you. It reminds me of a television show uh, that was on about... um, Maybe five or ten years ago. It ran for nine seasons. It was called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Anybody seen Extreme Makeover Home Edition? It was the first time I saw a guy with spiked hair. Uh, that was Ty Pennington. He was the star of the show. And, and what would happen on this particular show, for those of you who may not be familiar with it, is that Ty Pennington and the TV crew, they would find a, a deserving family, a, a needy family, a deserving family, and they would, they would come into town. As they came into town, they would rally a, a local company or a corporation or community groups and, and they would become volunteers and, and what they would do is that the TV crew would take the family out on vacation. So for a week they would leave and as the family left for a week with them what, the, what all the volunteers would do is they would go work on the, the people's houses. And as they worked on their houses, they would remodel the houses and they would rebuild the houses in ways that it it met the family's special needs. And and a lot of times it was about meeting special needs for the families. But more than simply meeting the special needs, there was always something they were doing something just amazingly great. You know, it's kind of like your wildest dreams for your house. That that was part of what they did. So they would, would do something amazing with the house. 
Uh, and then what they would do is the end of the week, they would bring the family back on the bus and they would have on the side of the bus, they would have the, the shades down on the side so the family does not see their new remodeled home. And so the family would get out of the bus. And so you got the home back there, and you got the bus here, and you got the family here. And there would be this mantra for the show. Maybe you all remember the mantra for their shows. Remember the, remember the, the slogan? Move that bus. Move that bus. That's how the show was kind of known. Move that bus, you know. And, and what would happen is the bus would pull away. And when the bus pulled away, it was a, it was a, you know, a box of Kleenex moment. It was one of those things where the people were jumping for joy, other people were weeping for joy, everybody's hugging each other. You know, you, you look at that and you say, you know what? The kingdom is there. God's kingdom is right in those moments. That's how life should be. That's how it should work. That's, when, that's how God is working, right in those moments. Those moments of the extreme makeover. I want to share with you, when we begin to think about God's kingdom, it is about extreme makeover. Because what the notion of the kingdom invites you and I to do is to take a good, long, hard look at our world. And when you take a good, long, hard look at what's going on around us, you see, yes, there are good things, and yes, there are beautiful things. And I've talked a little bit about that, and we've heard a little bit about that this morning. We celebrate all of that. But also when you take a good, long, hard look at our world, you also begin to see injustice. You begin to see oppression. You see racism. You see bigotry. You see brokenness. You see addiction. You see relationships, sir not being able to be reconciled. You see poverty. You see violence. You and I can think through the news. I mean, you can kind of just, you know, start letting those images run through your mind and you say, I can see that. I see that. I see that. And what we're invited to do when we think about the kingdom is not say, golly, let's close ourselves off to only look at that which is good and say, hey, this is what the world is all about. See, the thing is, yes, that's part of what the world is all about, but there's also all the rest of this that is going on in your world and my world. And when we begin to look at all of that, we're invited to listen for a voice of God in your heart and in my heart. And here's what that voice sounds like. The world shouldn't be like this. If you look at all of those things and you begin to think, the world shouldn't be like this, That's the voice of Jesus Christ speaking into your heart, speaking into my heart, speaking into our world. Because you see, that's not the way that God created the world and that's not what God wants for the world. The whole notion of the kingdom is what God wants for the world. You go back to the original created intention and the beauty that's there and the wholeness that's there and you think that's what God wants. That's where God is moving. That's where God is working toward it, is toward that kingdom. And so what we begin to see in this scripture this morning is how God begins to bring David into a notion of the understanding of the kingdom that begins to broaden our understandings of the kingdom as well. Because David has a really, really um, 
I guess you would say very literal understanding of what it meant to build a house, you know, because that's the phrase that God wants to expand and blow up the whole of this morning is the notion of building the house. Because for David, what it meant for David was, you know, he, he goes up and he, he has this idea. He says, you know what? You know, at this point, David was the king of Israel. It was about 1000 BCE. He's sitting there. He's overcome all his enemies. He's sitting in the palace. And he's sitting in the palace. He says, I've got this great idea. You know, God, I'm here in the palace. God's out there in a tent. And uh, God needs a house. God needs to find a house, as fine a house as I've got, you know? And so he comes up with it. It's not exactly what it says, but it is kind of exactly what it says when you read back through. Uh, God needs a house. And so I'm going to build God a house. And so he talks to God's uh, prophet, who is Nathan. He says, I'm going to build God a house. Nathan says, hey, that sounds like a great idea. And then what happens is that we read the scripture today is that God comes along and says to Nathan, why do you think that's a great idea? I've never lived in a house since the time I brought people out of Egypt. I've, I've always been in a tent. I've always been in a tabernacle. I never ask you for a house. So why do you think it's such a fantastic idea to build a house? And then what he begins to do is he begins to help Nathan, the prophet, and David understand what's going on in terms of how God is going to build a house. David's not building a house. God's going to build a house. And he begins to help him understand what building the kingdom is all about. And it starts off with the way that God talks to David, or God talks to David through Nathan. And what he does is he addresses him like this, tell David my servant. And he uses that phrase a couple of times, tell David my servant. He doesn't say, tell David the king, tell David the chosen one, tell David the anointed, tell David the one who is my handpicked one. He doesn't say that. He says, tell David my servant. The one who I took from the, from the sheep, from the pasture watching the sheep, the one whom I brought to the palace to be the prince, tell David my servant. And what you begin to understand was it comes to the kingdom of God. That we're all servants. When it comes to understanding how God works in the world, we are all servants, whether you're in the pasture, whether you're in the palace, whether you're a shepherd, whether you're a king, whether you're anything in between. The whole issue here is we are all servants. That's exactly who Jesus was, invites us to be. Jesus is the one who has took a towel and a basin, knelt down, washed his disciples' feet. He said, if I, your master, wash your feet, and that is an act of servanthood, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. I came not to serve, but to, I came not to be served, but to serve, to give my life as a ransom for many. You know, when it comes to the kingdom, what we begin to understand is that there's kind of this radical equality. We, we are all servants in God's kingdom. And what it means to be a servant is this, in terms of the scripture this morning, is that we find ourselves involved in something that is bigger than us. What's going on here is bigger than us. And there's a lot of sentences that David read where God's trying to make that point to David. He says, you know, David, you thought it was you who was making your name great. You thought it was you who was overcoming your enemies. You thought it was you who was going to make a place for the people. You thought it was you who was going to bring the peace. What the scripture says this morning and what we pay attention to as we read the scripture this morning, God says, I am the one who is going to make your name great. 
I am the one who's going to bring the people into the land. I am the one who's going to build the peace. The emphasis over and over again is that this is something God is doing, not something that David is doing. And so what servants begin to do is begin to say, you know what, something's going on here that's bigger than us. And what that invites us to do is to begin to approach what it means to be the church in a particular way. Because if what it means to be the church is to say, hey, I've got a good idea to do something for God, what that's going to do, it's going to be just like David. I'm going to build a house for God. I'm going to do something good for God. And while that's not a bad thing, I'm always up for doing something good for God. Well, it never be said the preacher was against that. What that does is it begins to limit because that kind of thinking, it, we, you, you get limited by, well, here is what I can do. Here's what I can afford. Here are my abilities. Here are my capabilities. You know, and, you get, and you're going to stay in your comfort zone when you do that. That's just what people do. They're going to kind of stay in what we think we can do for God, what we think we can do. And the whole point of the, of the scripture, God's going to build the house. It's about what God can do in and through us. And so the question, you know, the issue is not what can we do for God. The question becomes, how can we join Jesus in what Jesus is doing in the world? It's like Adam said earlier on. Jesus is already at work in the world, already at work in the community. And what we're invited to do is say, is ask the question, how can we join Jesus in that work? I want to tell you, when you dare to ask that question, that is a question that confronts it challenges, it opens, it makes us creative. How can we join Jesus? Because you start to go to the scriptures to get the answer. Because when you go to the scriptures to get the answer, you say, well, what is Jesus doing in the world anyway? Here's what Jesus is doing in the world according to Jesus. I've come to bring good news to the poor, release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty the oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's Jesus' mission statement at the beginning of the Gospels. Jesus came and we read the Gospels to heal the sick. He ate with sinners. He loved the children. He welcomed all the people. You know, you, you begin to see how Jesus moved to bring forward the kingdom into the life of the world because the world wasn't the way it should be and so Jesus is moving there and so you see we learn about that and you read about that and you begin to say what does it mean to join Jesus in what Jesus is doing in the world and so you begin to start to ask the question well where are the poor? Where are the blind? Where are the oppressed? Where are those who are captive and need to be freed? You begin to ask those kinds of questions and what that will do is it, is it challenges us. They challenge us to be more than we think that we can be. Because what will happen is when we start asking those questions and we look out at our world, I tell you, God's going to lead us. God leads the church into places we thought we would never go with people we thought we'd never be working with doing things you can never imagine. 
I'm just telling you that that is how it works when you begin to ask the question, how can we join Jesus in what God's already doing? Because it is about the big thing that God is doing in the life of the world. That's what the kingdom is all about. And I saw this played out within the life of one of the local churches here in Dallas. This, you know, I talked to a friend this last week who's, who's in, uh, part of a storefront church. And here's the way it worked out in his church. Uh, there was, this story goes back about 20 years. I'm going to keep it real short. <laughs> but they, they were, there was an apartment complex that was in the neighborhood of the church. And so it was an tr- apartment complex with a lot of issues, a lot of problems. And so uh, the church, or well, a person in the church said, I think that the Lord wants us to have a uh, house church over there. And so they approached the apartment owner and said, hey, could we have an a, a apartment, a vacant apartment, because there's all kinds of stuff's going on, and we just want to have a Bible study here. And amazingly enough, the apartment person said, yeah, we need that here. We got, we got so much other stuff going on. We need something good of God going on here. And so they had this start the Bible study, and people came to the Bible study. As people came, it kind of grew and grew and grew, you know, in five, six, twelve. You know how those things kind of expand. They filled up the apartment. As they filled up the apartment, there was a convenience store that was right, also right there in the neighborhood. There was a robbery in the convenience store and a, sh- a shooting, uh, which was a homicide in this particular case. And so what they did was they boarded up the convenience store, and the convenience store sat boarded up for two years. And as the store sat boarded up for two years, the, the person who was involved in the Bible study started to pray you know, about God, what do you want us to be doing as we go forward? And they just felt led to the convenience store, kind of drawn in toward that store. They didn't know why, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they kind of was that leading. And as they, as they went forward, they approached the owner of the convenience store saying, hey, could we use this for a storefront church? And they were amazed when the person said yes. You know, good tax write-off for them, I guess. And, you know, wait for the church and they weren't going to be using it, you know. And so they opened up the church. And as they opened up that church and that storefront, the church continued to grow. And right now what they have, they have worship on Sunday morning. They have Bible studies. They have tutoring on the afternoons with the kids. They have a clothes closet. They have a food pantry. All this stuff is happening out of the convenience store. And I'm telling you this story not because I think we ought to uh, have an apartment ministry or because I think we ought to find a convenience store. That's not what I'm sharing. That's not why I'm sharing the story. The reason I want to share this story with you is because this is a church that began to ask the question, where is Jesus working? Where is Jesus working and how do we need to join Jesus at that place? And they're willing to pray about that. And as they prayed about that, God just happened to lead them in that particular way. I don't know how God would lead us. I know God has led us in particular ways in the past. God continues to lead us in particular ways. But I tell you, to be able to ask the question and to pray the question is to know that we're part of how God is building the kingdom. God builds the kingdom through us. And as God builds the kingdom through us, I want to tell you, God builds the kingdom in us. And that's what is so beautiful with the kids, because when you share the love of Jesus Christ, when you share that through you, something happens in you. That's a transformative part of this. There's There's a transformative trinity, and it's you and the neighbor and God. And when those three things get working together, I want to tell you, as things begin to change, God does begin to build a house. God begins to build in you and build in me 
And what God builds is compassion and understanding and acceptance. God builds mercy and grace and kingdom. God builds in us. God says, I will build the house. I will build the kingdom. And it has lasting results. I just want to close up here because what you begin to see is when you and I are part of how God works, it does have lasting impact. When you and I touch and change lives, it does have lasting impact. You and I sow seeds in what we do that do make a difference in the lives of others, and it does make a difference in our life as well. You look at the scripture, what God said to David, you know, I'm going to raise up a son. After you die, I'm going to raise up your son. And on one hand, you could read that as Solomon, but on the other hand, you and I know that as we read that as people of faith, we read that as Jesus Christ that God raised up Jesus Christ, the genealogy, the family tree, the ancestry.God, as you read it in Matthew 1, goes like this, Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. That the kingdom that's being raised up is that kingdom of Christ. And that kingdom that's being raised up is the kingdom that reaches out to all of us through your faith and my faith in Jesus Christ and invites us to be part of what God is doing, knowing that we are servants. That's how Jesus welcomes us to be with him. And that as those servants, God would use you and God would use me to make the difference in God's world that we know that God wants to make, that you and I know that God wants to make. And so in that faith, I invite us to embrace God's kingdom in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, let's pray together, gracious God, and we give you thanks this day for the ways that you invite us to be part of your working, for the ways that you invite us to join you in all that you would be doing in your world, for the ways you invite us to ask and pray the question and see where the question and your Holy Spirit would lead. So, Lord, for that blessing and for the ways that we would celebrate it this day, we give you our thanks and praise through Christ our Lord. In whose name we pray. Amen. Invite us to stand to sing together our closing hymn, I love thy kingdom, Lord.